The Winnipeg Jets are going to have to settle for a series split after falling on the road in Game 2 to the Vegas Golden Knights 5-2. Now look, the game wasn't great in some areas, and the Jets certainly won't be pleased with some of the performances from their top players. But all is not lost. A series split heading home is about as much as I think anyone could have asked for. We'll dive into what went wrong in this game and how the Jets can prepare for games 3 and 4 on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Morning, Jets fans. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, uh, the Jets did fall to Vegas in game two, five to two. I saw Winnipeg Twitter losing its ever-loving mind. Uh, you know, Winnipeg fans, we're, we're used to disappointment, right? We know how this team can be. We've seen the Jets collapse before. And I don't think I would classify this in the same way as some of the really embarrassing losses. Yes, the scoreline was pretty bad, and Vegas did kind of whoop the Jets, uh, especially from like the second period onwards. But I feel like if you're looking at this series from uh, a broader perspective, right, and you're looking at this from the standpoint that, let's be real, the Jets are a weaker team. They came in on you know the second wildcard seed, basically squeaked and backed their way into the playoffs. So in many respects, and from uh, just about all of the, I, I guess, more optimistic perspectives you could have, Winnipeg basically did the exact job that it needed to. You had to take one of these two games if you wanted a shot at winning the series. The Jets did that. And in game two, they actually did outplay Vegas uh, for the first 20 minutes. Vegas looked you know, scared. They were running uh, in circles. The Jets had him hemmed in, scored the first goal. Winnipeg looked very much in control of the game and then just sort of ran out of gas as Vegas kind of dialed up the pressure and intensity. And you expect that, right? Vegas got absolutely obliterated in the first game. And, you know, to start off the second game, looking much like the first game, you had to expect the Knights were going to do something, right? This team finished first in the in the Pacific Division, one of the top teams in the West. We know how good the Knights are over the last several years. It's not a surprise. We knew that this would be a really tough series. So for me, at least in, in my mind, I'm not that upset about the loss uh, from a macro scale. I think on a micro scale, there are some things that definitely irritated me. I, I think for one thing, uh, the top line really disappeared in this game. Uh, I don't know what happened, but like after a really good first period from Shifley uh, and and company, you just didn't really see them show up after that. Kyle Connor was probably the most visible player of that top six this evening. 
I thought that he was in dangerous areas, had some really good one-timers, and certainly found himself getting robbed on multiple occasions by Laurent Brassois. So it's a frustrating one, right? Uh, when one of your top finishers isn't actually finishing and the rest of the line sort of fades out, suddenly, you know, it falls to the bottom six to really elevate their game and take it to the next level. And, you know, the third line, I thought, had a tremendous game. Uh, the fourth line did a pretty decent job as well. But ultimately, you know, when Mark Stone and, and Jack Eichel are now finding themselves on the score sheet and starting to really, you know, kick it up a notch, Winnipeg just really struggled to answer the bell. And I think that was a consistent theme after the first period. First period, wonderful. Jets dominated and were basically stymied by Laurent Brassois being apparently hell a buck for a short period of time. But um, for the rest of the game, you know, I think Vegas made a couple of really smart adjustments. They did seem to really stack and overload any side where the Jets were trying to dump the puck out of the defensive zone, which we've seen Winnipeg likes to, you know, clear along the walls. It's, it's a really dangerous play, and I think the Jets got burned on it on a couple of occasions. I think, you know, Vegas also really clogged up the neutral zone very well, made the Jets' uh, forechecking and breakouts look a lot less effective. And in general, it just felt like Vegas's speed and intensity picked up, especially as the game wore on. So for the Jets, I, I think it's it's too early to hit the, the panic button, but I would say the top line maybe should be split apart again. I don't know what the best answer for that is because we know that at times uh, when those guys are apart, it's not like it really improves the situation either. But Maybe you get a little bit more balance. I don't know. I think Bones is trying his best to work with a pretty limited cast of scoring talent. And so, you know, flexing Shifley out to the wing was thought to be the solution to him kind of cheating for offense. But unfortunately, on a number of plays in this game, he got caught out. You know, he wasn't marking his man. Uh, occasionally, he was out of position and he was partly responsible for like two of the goals against. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We sort of know how this this top six is. We understand that, you know, they do have some amazing scoring talent, but sometimes defensive plays and the details elude them. But again, after all is said and done, if you had told me that the Jets would win one of these games on the road to start the series, I'd have taken it no questions asked. As long as Winnipeg came away with one result that was favorable, I did not care as much if the Jets won the second. You have to basically be perfect to win both games on the road in Las Vegas. And the Jets just aren't a perfect team. Almost no one is. And so I think for the Jets, they got, you know, business taken care of. And I think that that is the most important thing. Now, heading back to Winnipeg, obviously the Jets have a couple of really big questions ahead of them. We'll dive into some of those, including the status of Nikolai Ehlers and whether he'll be ready to go for game number three in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to be the exact right fit. You all know what happens when you try and uh, plug in something that's not quite manufacturer approved, and it just doesn't work. Very big pain in the butt, and sometimes a very expensive loss, too. The next, next time you need parts and accessories, don't waste money. Go to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or you get your money back. Who wants to you know gamble and try and find something that maybe doesn't even uh, satisfy your car's need? 
Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. So when you shop on eBay Motors, you'll have access to over 122 million parts and a great, great guarantee. And again, if it doesn't fit, you get your money back. You'll be back in the game in no time. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices with ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Locked On Jets. We are just talking about uh, Winnipeg versus, um, obviously, you know, the, the the Vegas Golden Knights game two was a tough one. And, you know, the, the top six, I think, kind of disappeared in this game. Second line, I wouldn't say as much. I think the top line was the bigger culprit. But, you know, heading into the the, the return home games three and four, the Jets are probably feeling pretty decent about themselves, right? You know, you you won big in the first game. You had a very good first period in game number two. You did stumble a bit. Things kind of got out of hand and Vegas really stepped up, but you knew that they would. And you're not really panicking right now. Not yet. I think for the Jets, though, there are a couple of major questions. And the first really centers around what is happening with Nick Ehlers. Again, he's been practicing in full contact jersey, uh, no sign of any particular issues. But again, for a second straight game, he was press boxed. And it's becoming a bit of a strange thing. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a player uh, have this sort of situation where not only is he saying he's good to go, but he's also dressing in full practice gear and participating. So I don't know if something else is wrong with Ehlers or if it's just a precautionary thing. His hit with Hartman was pretty rough, and maybe Nick just really wants to be out there immediately, and that's why he's saying he's good to go. Maybe it's some gamesmanship. I'm, I'm not really sure, uh, but I think in this game, too, you know, his presence was very uh, sorely missed. The, the transition and the breakout and his creativity on the power play, all of that stuff I feel like was, was notably absent. It was absent in the first game, but the Jets weren't as worried about it because they were busy dummying the Vegas Golden Knights for like 60 straight minutes. So I think in this game in which Vegas finally started to wake up and look more uh, like themselves, this is where Ehlers' touch really would have been a a godsend. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, You have to just sort of weather the storm. I mean, just ask the Carolina Hurricanes. They've lost uh, Tevo Teravainen after a number of uh, critical injuries to other players. So, you know, everyone's bumped and bruised at this time of year. I think the biggest question is, will he be back uh, on Saturday? And I don't know the answer to that yet. It doesn't sound like um, the the Jets themselves know. What I am hoping for is that, you know, the next week or so, Cole Perfetti gets back to full health so that he can start participating again and get back into um, this lineup. I think Perfetti's presence as well has been sorely missed. He was a phenomenal player when he was healthy and part of this lineup. He offered some great defensive contributions. His offensive vision and passing were excellent. Had a pretty okay shot, although he didn't use it as much. But in terms of like upgrading your top nine, very clearly Profetti is one of those guys who would really give the Jets that extra level of depth on top of adding Ehlers back to the unit too. I guess one of the other questions I have though is, you know, should Ehlers return and everything is uh, sort of back to normal, how do you get the top line going again? In this game, it just felt like after a very strong first period, 
they became discouraged and they sort of faded away to the point where you didn't really know if they were even playing the game. I know that that sounds terrible, but you know, the only time that anyone noticed the top line was when somebody was getting burned on a coverage and watching as the puck went past Hellebuck. So yeah, weird one, right? The the top line I thought was much better in the first game. And again, in the first period of game number two, pretty strong performance, especially from Shifley. But after that, things just sort of kicked off to the wayside and I didn't really think about that unit for the rest of the game. Um, So, you know, I I think Bones, you know, putting out the fourth line as much as he did on a number of occasions, definitely sent the message that he was displeased and that he felt like the top line really needed to be better and cleaner. I don't know if the top line is going to hear that message or if they're going to react, but I do hope that Shifley and company come into game number three with a chip on their shoulder when they're angry and irritated and aggressive and really uh, buying into Bones's vision. They're unstoppable. I mean, that top line can just overpower almost anyone. And it's a shame that in this game, they found themselves being overpowered instead. I felt like this was a prime opportunity for the Jets to maybe come away with a huge result that could really stamp and essentially seal their their next step towards uh, round number two. But again, like I said, I'm not particularly mad about it. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I, I do sort of question why this team sort of ran out of gas so quickly. Maybe fatigue is settling in. Maybe the Jets just pushed a little too hard in the first uh, four periods and you know found themselves against a, a Vegas team that has frankly sat back a lot and not pushed the pace, suddenly kind of springing to life. Maybe that's the bigger uh, answer. But all of that said, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to be too stressed about it. I think the Jets are fine so far. We did expect Vegas to show up and frankly win at least one of these games. I know I said I was predicting a 5-3 Jets win, but realistically, if I took my fan glasses off, we all knew that most likely the Jets were going to lose. I might have even said that on the previous episode. It's really hard to win two games back-to-back against the same opponent, uh, especially a team that is as good as Vegas can be. So tough loss, but I'm not going to be too upset about it. Now, in just a little bit, I thought I'd also give a couple of other scorelines from around this evening's playoff games, some fun things and some fun thoughts on uh, which of these teams might be on track to really push the pace for the rest of the postseason and which teams might be starting to uh, flame out early in this playoff run. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are just wrapping up really quickly this evening with some quick scoreline updates from around the NHL. Obviously, we talked about the Jets uh, losing 5-2. to two. Painful loss, but I mean, I, I'm not going to be that upset. They already won one game. They're taking uh, a tied series back to Winnipeg. Could you ask for much more? No. I think asking for anything more would have been, quite frankly, greedy and, let's be honest, not realistic. Now, speaking of interesting series results... We had uh, Seattle and Colorado going at it again, and it seems like the Avs kind of woke up. I'm you know, seeing some of the statistical reports, the final score line, and it looks like you know, the Avs are starting to Av again, which we all knew that they probably would. I think this Colorado team is not as good as it was last year. Obviously, they've had some injuries, some departures, all that good stuff, but that doesn't mean that you know, the Kraken are home free, right? This Colorado team, even at like two-thirds strength, would still put 
the Kraken under a lot of pressure. And uh, Colorado was one of those teams where when they flip the switch and kind of go into their overdrive mode, you can't stop them. They sort of, you know, assume their will um, and kind of enforce it against opponents. And I think this is one of those games where the Kraken for as, as solid and deep as they are, generally speaking, it's the Avs, man. There's a reason that this team just won a Stanley Cup. They're really freaking good and really freaking deep, even with the injuries. Now, uh, this series going back to Seattle Tide should be very good news for Kraken fans. I think if you were to tell Seattle that they'd win one of these games on the road in Colorado, again, just like us Jets fans, they would have taken it, zero questions asked, not even caring about the circumstances. Just getting that first win is a tremendous victory. I still think Colorado probably takes this in six games, but at least the Kraken are putting up a really good fight. Speaking of putting up a good fight, Toronto rallied after that horrendous, embarrassing first game and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 7-2. We all sort of knew that, you know, this probably wasn't going to be the the standard, oh, here come the Leafs imploding again series, right? It's, It's Toronto. I mean, they're still a really strong roster with a lot of phenomenal players, a decent enough coaching staff that has generally stayed out of its own way except for that first game. Um... But like the Lightning, I I just feel like this year for them, whether it's the goaltending, the aging skaters, or the decreased depth compared to previous years, they're just not as scary of a team. And I think Toronto is a horrible matchup for them to have to deal with, especially in the first round. A pissed off, motivated Leafs team is probably the last thing this uh, Lightning squad really wants to see. Um, The series is going back to Tampa. So I guess for the Lightning, it's great that they've won a game, uh, especially on the road in Toronto. But I think the biggest question is, can you get Vasilevsky back on track? Can you uh, avoid the embarrassing defensive blunders that kill them in this game? And, you know, you basically have to win both games on home ice. I think if you don't have the 3-1 series lead heading back to Toronto, it's just too much pressure. And I do think that with how the Lightning have been this year, probably would lead to the Leafs winning their first playoff series in forever. But, you know, strange things happen. The playoffs are chaos and random. Maybe, just maybe, I end up being wrong, and uh, Toronto instead goes full Toronto and loses somehow in game number seven. Now, uh, the last game of interest is New York versus New Jersey, and I think this series has not gone according to expectation. The Devils lost 5-1, and it seems like Lindy Ruff has kind of hit his wall as Devils head coach. We've we've seen Ruff sort of struggle with this stuff before. You know, the past couple of coaching tenures that he's had, they've not been particularly outstanding, especially towards the end of it. Um, I think his last head coaching role was what? The, the, the Stars? And then he went on to be like an assistant coach for New York for a bit, from what I recall. So, yeah, I mean, I think for the Devils... This is one of those series where the the score line looks really bad, but we also know that it'd just be a mistake to count New Jersey out. I think that there are some ways that the Devils can make a few tactical adjustments, maybe find some ways to limit the Rangers' breakout, but I just wouldn't want to count New Jersey out before they've had a chance to have their say in games three and four. All that said, though, you know the Rangers take, taking a big stranglehold on the series not how I think uh, Devils fans were expecting this to go, and certainly not what I was expecting. So 
I'd be curious to know your predictions and how they're holding up. Let me know how your bracket is looking so far in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Every dayers can tune in next Monday to hear more about how the Jets did over the weekend and any thoughts about any returning players, plus maybe even a Brad Lambert update or two. But for tonight's episode, like I said, that is all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. I am your host, Harrison Lee. I'll see you next Monday. Have a great night, and go Jets go.